What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Maddie Miles. She is an inspiration to all women out there who have struggled with stress, anxiety, and eating disorders. Today, she uses her story of overcoming her own obstacles to help other people hack their hormones and regain control over their bodies and mind. I really loved how open and honest Maddie was with her story in this episode. She is a beaming light on a world that suppresses a lot of the topics she is strong enough to speak about. So if you are looking to learn more about women's health and optimization, get your notebook out and be prepared for the next hour of epic words from Maddie Miles. What's up, y'all? CJ Finley here, back with the Thrive on Life podcast. We are seven days in to 2021, and there's already crazy things happening in our world. But before we get started with this conversation, I want to say a big happy birthday to my dad, Chuck Finley. Every year, our birthday is four days apart, so it's pretty cool to start off the year uh, with some celebrations and to kick off the year. But I'm super excited for today's conversation because it is going to be revolved around a topic that hits home with not only myself, but my wife, Erin, and hopefully is going to impact a lot of women out there. So I'd love to welcome to the show, Miss Maddie Miles. How are you doing today, Maddie? <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing awesome. I'm so pumped to be here. Um, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm on this great high energy buzz right now. So, awesome. And I don't even drink caffeine. <laughs> yeah, well... I was going to ask a different question, but let's get into that. Do, have you ever drank caffeine? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had caffeine before. Sometimes like times get rough. You know, you barely sleep the night before and you need like a little bit of boost. But um, I'm super sensitive to caffeine. So coffee does not sit well with me. I'm literally jumping off the walls. I remember the first time I drank coffee. It was like the first and only time I had a tall nitro from Starbucks pretty aggressive for your first time drinking coffee and I felt just like I had a panic attack for four hours straight. <laughs> like the amount that I did in like two hours I remember that morning was like insane and I like walked to work that morning I was like jumping off the walls people were like calm down um I did nine rounds that kickboxing workout yeah, yeah, I did yeah. that two times I like power walked home like took a shower ate breakfast got to the office was like jumping off the walls all within two hours and I felt like just so crashed at the end of it but if anything, I'll drink matcha or green tea if I need like a little bit of buzz and they're anti-inflammatory. They have that L-theanine in it, which is great for like a calm focus. So I'll do that if anything in the morning. But like I have enough energy as it is. Like I wake up in the middle of the night like, is it morning yet? Like, can I go yet? So I don't need I don't need the extra caffeine. <laughs> I, I love that because I'm I'm the same way. And unfortunately, when I got into the corporate world, I picked up a bad habit of just kind of following everybody else. And they're drinking, drinking two or three cups a, cups a day. Mm -hmm. And it started getting to the point where just like you, like it was causing more anxiousness than anything else. And yeah. like it was really affecting my sleep as well. But these days I'm kind of in the same boat. The caffeine that I get is more so from matcha or other not healthier ways, but ways that are more productive for me rather than creating that anxiety. Yeah. But I'd love to kind of kick off this conversation and learn a little bit more about, so you just pivoted your brand from Madeline's cookbook yes. into dealing with more women's hormonal health. Yes. And it's something that, again, is a hot topic for me and my wife, Erin. We have these discussions all the time, but I'd love to just learn a little bit more about, one, how is Madeline's cookbook created and yeah. why you kind of pivoted away from that okay awesome question so madeline's cookbook uh was started two years ago yeah so it was December of 2018. Um, and at the time I was a junior in college. I have always been the type of person who like can't really st sit still. Um, and so winter break was approaching. I tried to get into a winter term cl class, which 
any college student is like pumped to have a month off of school. But I was just like, I need something to occupy my time. And um, I mean, we didn't have winter term, so I couldn't get into winter class. And so for the longest time, you know, my roommates and my boyfriend at the time and like everyone around me was telling me that I should take pictures of my food and post them on Instagram because I made these like delicious plant-based recipes. I was really into like the science and like behind the nutrition of the food. Um, and so <laughs> I thought that was like the weirdest thing ever though. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I mean, sure enough, it was like day two of winter break. I was bored out of my mind. I was in Chicago, which is, it's like 12 degrees and you don't see the sun all winter. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll just do this. So that's how it started off is it was just like me. I'm took a picture of my oatmeal I think um oh no 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 my first post was like a picture of myself it's still up there and it was just like hi like you know here's a little bit about me I'm super passionate about food as medicine and you know I'll share some awesome plant-based recipes with you guys um I had every intention of stopping it when school started back up a month later and then a month went by I of course just like was passionate about it and was like well I can't stop it so I kept going and I got my first brand collab that spring and it was just like what, what what company it was only what you need protein powder owyn do you know them um they have the they the have bottles, those shakes. Yeah, yeah, the shakes. The yes, yeah, they yeah. have the bottles too. So um, I had been using them already and they saw me tag them in a post. I don't use them anymore, but um, they saw me tag them in a post and they were like, oh my gosh, like, thanks so much. We'll send you free products. And I was like, that's dope. Like, I don't have to spend, you know, like 30, 40 bucks on protein powder. Like, cool, send me some. Um, so, you and that know, was your first experience with like that happening? Yeah. And I had no, <laughs> I had no anticipation. Like, I didn't expect that to happen. Like, I didn't even know what it was to be like a quote unquote influencer. I thought like only like the Kardashians did that. Like, truly, I just yeah. wasn't, I was never really big into social media. Like, I had an Instagram, but I wasn't like, it was just to, like post pictures of me on vacation and like, yeah. <laughs> wasn't like really involved. I never got into to Twitter or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's funny, like seeing that progression to now, but anyway, I, I mean, I got that brand collaboration and, um, I remember thinking how cool I could get free product and a bunch of brands started reaching out to me, just everyone, like that was like a healthy CPG plant-based product wanted me to post about their products. And then in that summer, I moved to Austin, Texas for an internship. And I was working with an experiential marketing agency. They placed me in Texas. It was not it was not my choice. I actually was like super scared. I was like, I don't want to go to Texas. <laughs> and so many people around me at the time were telling me, you'll love Austin. Austin is, it's like its own little bubble, incredible people, music, food. You will absolutely love it. And I mean, me, I was like, I was so ready to get back to Spain because that's where I was living before I started college. And I was like, I I don't think I'll like it that much, but you know, whatever. I can do anything for three months. So I packed up my stuff. I moved to Austin. Um, you know, I got immersed into this awesome creative community. I got so inspired. I fell in love with the city and everything that the city had to offer in terms of food and music and just the entire culture. Um, you know, met some of my best friends like John Scotty and uh, who reached out to me because they saw what I was doing on Instagram. And I remember being with John actually and asking him what the heck a media kit was because a company reached out to <laughs> me and asked me what to send over and my media kit. this is last kit. summer? Yes, 2019. Um, and John was like, Maddie, you don't have a media kit. So anyway, he helped me make my media kit and I started getting paid for stuff. And um, it was that summer, a, a couple of pivotal things happened that summer. I mean, number one, I realized like, whoa, I need to be in Austin. Like something is calling me here. I finally feel at home for once in my life, you know, like I've lived so many different places throughout my life and I've loved each of them for different reasons. But um, Austin, it was just like the special magical energy and I just felt so at home and at ease when I was there um, that first summer. And I was just like, this is super strange. So I knew I wanted to go back there um, to move back here, I should say. I knew I didn't want to work for someone else. <laughs> After that final internship, I was like, I don't want to work for anyone. Um, at least not in the corporate setting, for sure. It just what, wasn't for me. What about it? Yeah, dig into this because there's probably a lot of people after 2020 thinking about going out on their own yes. and doing their own thing. And maybe you can relate to some of those people, what they're feeling. What about it for you was kind of like, not red flags, but 
gave you a sense of this isn't for me? Well, let me preface with I'm um, a Leo and I'm a very stubborn person. <laughs> and I mean, like my entire life, my parents, they always, when growing up, they would tell me like, you need to go to law school and be a lawyer because I would just, I would fight everything. I was super stubborn. I always questioned people and things like, I mean, you know, and we'll get into this later, but I've seen pretty much every medical professional underneath the sun because of what I went, you know, dealt with growing up and always was questioning like, well, why do I have to do that? You know, like I've always, and that's what got me into like the health and wellness realm because I was questioning like nutrition and the food that we're eating and the food that is on the shelves in grocery stores, the pharmaceuticals that were told, that were prescribed, you know, I just, I've always questioned everything. And so it's, yeah, it's very hard for me to always listen to a figure of authority. <laughs> and so being in that internship and I was doing very like mundane, like intern work as well. So that didn't help, but I was still working on my blog and I was really getting passionate about it that summer. And my, uh, my mentor, the, the boss for that for the Austin office was like, who I'm still friends with to this day. And it's actually cool because now we just co-work together and we like collaborate together on some projects. Um, whereas that summer, I mean, she was my superior, you yeah. know, but she like her and the other um, office manager were like my biggest supporters. Like they loved what I was doing. They're always like, we saw what you posted on Instagram. Like you better make that for the office and bring it in. So they, I mean, they tasted all my food. They wanted to like buy all the products that I was like posting about on my Instagram page, even though like, it's funny. They're like, normally they, they said this like word for word. Like, we don't even like eating this shit, but like you make it taste really good. Cause they, I mean, they were just ordering in food for all of their, you know, well, people and- are so – they've been so jaded over the years and, like, yeah. blindsided that they, they don't even realize it. Like, getting into the healthcare side of things, like, if you go to a doctor and you have high blood pressure or you have s- certain disorders, they just consider that normal. Yeah. And it's not fucking normal. Right. Like, that's the problem. So it's normal to bring bagels and cookies and pizza and all these Coca-Cola, things to – Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Don't even get me started with the Coca-Cola. Erin goes <laughs> off on, like, her – some of her coworkers will drink, a like, a liter of – soda a day or something something crazy like that but then be complaining about like what's going on in the world and it's just like are you kidding me right you like fearful of covid and all the other things that are going on yes yeah and it's just like you can make the change right in front of you right but we're not taught that we're not taught yeah i'd love to kind of learn a little bit more about you have this fire to question everything right where did that start in your life like because this is this is more of a selfish question for me because I'm the same way. Like I I'm the, kind of the black sheep of my family. Me too. I do things my own way. It's yep. always going to be my own way, and that's just how I like to live and what I want to inspire other people to do. But I can kind of think about certain times in my life where I realized that was who I was. But for you, when did that kind of show up the most when you were younger? Um, I'm sure it showed up even earlier. But for me, like. I really remember just hearing that a bunch, that feedback a bunch from my parents when I was recovering from my eating disorder because it was like the three of us were in a constant battle for like six years. You know, it was like, you're sick. No, I'm not. We're sending you to this specialist or we're sending you to this treatment program. You're being hospitalized, you know, like then I would get better and then I'd relapse. And so, but I made like really good, compelling arguments. And like, I mean, anyone who struggles with an eating disorder knows like having an eating disorder adds like a whole nother thick layer of just like manipulation and like stubbornness and just all of that to the mix. But I would say that's like, when you asked me that question, I think of like that time, like when I was super rebellious because I was like, no, I'm not sick and I'm going to stick in my ways. And you know, like this, I'm happy this way. I'm not unhealthy. So yeah, that's when I was very like rebellious and stubborn and questioning a lot too, like doctors, because I was getting help. I was seeing a bunch of doctors and specialists and they were diagnosing me with, you know, a whole load of names. I mean, ever since I was actually in fifth grade, I was, I mean, I was diagnosed with insomnia and anxiety and all in depression. And, um, you know, I was never taught like, Oh, it could be because of your genes or it could be because of your environment or a combination of the both. Maybe you need more B vitamins. Like it was just like, you have this, 
You are like, a problem. Here's a name for it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to spend this much money on, um, you know, going to therapy, which I love therapy. I still see a therapist. But and then you're also going to spend this much money seeing a psychiatrist who's going to prescribe you this medication and that will fix things. So that's how I, you know, and I did. I never like understood that. I was like, well, I don't want to take a pill to make myself feel better. Like, why can't I just do other things to feel better, you know? It's a, so that's when I started to question. It's interesting how you, you brought that up because there's things that happened in my life and I, I relate to it. My parents made me go to therapy. I did, I got like put on house arrest for like lighting fires in our neighborhood when I was like 12 or 13. And then they made me go to therapy after this. And I still remember going to the therapy, like my mom taking me to my therapist. And as soon as we got out of the car, I just ran away. So the first day we were supposed to go to the therapist, we didn't go to the therapist because I didn't show up. My mom did, but I was, that's, I was gone. Like that's, 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 how stu- that's how stubborn I was. And yeah. when I look back on it, it was because they labeled me as having a problem. Like, oh, you're, you have too much energy. You have like, why can't you just fit into this box or this mold or be like this. And for me, one of the things that I started realizing when I look back was I think I was just ahead. Like I wanted to be in conversations that maybe were a couple years ahead of my age and no one gave me that opportunity to, to do that. So did, when you were younger, do you feel like maybe some of it was because you feel alone and maybe you're a little bit more advanced? Like I see a lot of kids cause I teach on the side and some of them, I can tell, like, they're super sharp and they kind of don't fit into the same mold. And when they're around other kids, it's kind of like weird or indifferent. And for me, it relates a lot because when I was younger, I think a lot of the issues I had with hyperactivity and stomach problems and anxiousness really were just because I was in the wrong rooms. And yes. you mentioned that environment. Yeah, I could not agree anymore. I mean, I've always felt wiser than like my classmates and my friends, like whoever was, I was surrounded with, I always felt wiser. Um, also like, you know, another reason I think like the spark eating disorder and a bunch of, you know, the anxiety and the depression, all these things that I was diagnosed with, I didn't feel heard. And so I knew like, okay, I'm really smart and capable and I'm super wise and I know all this stuff, but no one's listening to me. And I almost felt like it started off as, you know, uh, almost like a cry for attention and like, you know, there's also stuff going on with my family and in the home, you know, which is where it always, always stems from. So, you know, and I was like, well, if I don't have control over X, Y, and Z, I can have control over myself and maybe people start listening to me. So it's kind of, I actually like just thought about that. This is like a therapy session right now. <laughs> We're breaking through That's, some po- stuff. Podcasts are a great way to do that. Yeah. I learned so much from this. And it also, it reminds me of, this is way sidebar, but when you talk about eating disorders and things like that in the world, like people have literally created economic and societal change through not eating. Like, so if you look into hundreds and hundreds of years, people would go on strikes and things like that to get attention um, from other sects of people. Yeah. And And it's weird because I never thought of my eating disorder as a way to like get attention, you know? Um, And then like through therapy, I was like, oh, well, yeah, there was a lot going on at home at the time and subconsciously, which again, I feel like just goes to show like one's wisdom is like, oh my gosh, like you knew all this stuff was going on, even though it wasn't talked about, you know, on like a surface level within like the family, but you knew that was going on. And so you were trying to like divert the energy kind of away from, away from the parents and away from all of that, you know, and like, I don't know. It's No, I love that. that. And I think it shows up in different ways in different human beings. Like for me, sports was my outlet all the time. And so was getting good grades in school. So like my attention was always just like, I have to be the best. And like, no matter what, I'm going to be the best. And it used to be, I would do whatever it took to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Meaning I wouldn't necessarily be the nicest of human beings to make those things happen versus today. I'm very, a lot more conscious of like how we're all connected and how the world works and things like that. And that the real ultimate goal of my life is to leave a legacy of being a good person and not necessarily achieving certain things and getting that attention because like I was after the attention because I thought similar to you, I wanted to be ahead. I I just love life. I have a voracious love of 
learning new things and waking up just like you said yes. and when you're younger i just don't think you have the ability to understand how to communicate that yeah and your parents i think because then like i didn't necessarily get along with them growing up until i got older when i realized oh now i know how to communicate to them like yeah hey like they didn't they didn't understand that like i wanted more like i just wanted to be i wanted to be fed more right rather than when i go to school if you're done your work, just go to sleep. Like that's kind of how it was. Exactly, and it was just like yeah. so infuriating. I didn't know what to do. And it, I can only imagine in terms of being a girl and being a woman, the, the pressure is a lot more because I've seen it with Aaron to succeed and to put a pretty face on and to uh, basically live in a bubble of what society thinks that you should be. When did you realize that you actually had a problem? Um, I realized I had a problem my senior year of high school. Uh, I'd graduated from high school a semester early in December. I packed up my stuff and moved to Spain because I was so over high school. Again, I just felt like I was ahead of the time. I didn't understand the cattiness with, you know, the girls and the guys. Like, I just didn't yeah. – I, I never fit in. Like, high school is not my jam. I was ready for the next big thing. And so – I graduated early and I moved to a different country I moved to Spain and had the time of my life, but I moved over there. And so I was, I was still plant-based. I mean, I'm plant-based now. Um, and I, I started the plant-based lifestyle my sophomore year of high school. Why? Because I was doing research on the meatpacking industry for why? my AP uh, English why? class. Okay, I was going to say, <laughs> at that age, like, wow. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. It was actually for class. So many of my classmates went plant-based during that whole, like, semester. Um, and I stuck with it because I just told my parents. Again, like, I think a lot of it was, oh, I'm stubborn, you know? Like, my parents like to cook meat and do all this stuff. Well, I'm learning that it's bad for you and bad for the environment and bad for the animals. So I'm not going to eat it. And like, <laughs> and it was that simple. It was like I had gone, you know, whatever, like 16 years of my life eating that way, drinking milk, you know, eating meat. And then I was just like one day, like, boom, snap, like, I'm not doing it anymore. And uh, and then they, like, tried to fight me on it, which made me want to, like, Do just go plant-based <laughs> even more. Yeah. Um, so then they're like, fine, like, if you're doing it. Because, again, it was a tricky time. Like, I was in this roller coaster of, you know, recovering from an eating disorder because I was forced into a treatment program but then relapsing right when I got out, you know. So they were like, if you're going to do this, you need to work with the uh, dietitian. You need to make sure that you're fueling yourself properly. So anyway, I was plant-based and I went abroad to Spain and I lived with a host family. I didn't want to be disrespectful by like, you know, intruding in on the meal. Like my host mom made everything. It was a very traditional Spanish family. And so she woke up in the morning, she made our breakfast and our lunch before she went to work for the day. The dad just chilled at home, didn't really do anything. Um, yeah, it was, Interesting. It, was, it was really weird. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, I mean, they... They pretty much eat their meat. They have like a little bit of bread or like maybe some legumes on the side and their vegetables. And I wasn't getting like tofu. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't fueling myself properly. And I do take the blame for that. I mean, it was part of, in part of me being like nervous to tread on her toes and be like, oh, can I need a little bit more, you know, like, can you go out of your way to learn the plant-based diet so you can fuel me properly? You know, I just, I felt selfish and I didn't want to do it. And also I was kind of like, you know what? this is, I'm away from mom and dad. Like this is the time I can maybe lose a couple of those pounds that they, you know, made me gain during treatment. And yeah, and I'm, you know, in a different country though, they won't know. And so anyway, though, I like lost a ton of weight and I like was, to I was constipated for a month, for a month straight. And so my host family, they were taking me to the ER in Spain to try and like literally to make me go poop. And like, I just couldn't, like they couldn't even in the ER. And so I was obviously talking to my parents throughout this whole thing. And they just knew they had like a, a feeling. They're like, why isn't she going to the bathroom? Clearly she's not eating, you know? And so my mom was like, well, how about I just fly you home for the weekend? You can come get like cleaned out here. And then like, send you off on your way and me I just totally believed her and I was like okay cool I'm just going back to the states for a couple of days literally left all my stuff I didn't even like make my bed in Spain like I just like went flew back to Chicago my mom took me to the R that night and I just remember seeing my mom's face I will never forget like her face when she picked me up from the airport and she looked at me and was just like oh my gosh like because at that point I had gotten to one of my lowest points as well and was also the oldest I had been during my whole you know 
battle with an eating disorder. So I was, you know, hospitalized for, a, I think, a week or so. They had me hooked up to IVs, feeding tubes, all that jazz because they did a normal, like, um, what they do before colonoscopy. Um, yeah. So, like, you're drinking that weird drink and you're not eating any food. But I was also so underweight and my body was so compromised that it wasn't as easy as just, like, okay, go home and start eating food again. They're like, we think your body may just totally freak Rejected. out and, yeah, yeah <laughs> and give up and you're just going to die. So that's why I was hospitalized for a little bit. And I remember just laying in that bed – and feeling like the saddest I've ever felt in my entire life. Just being like, what the heck? Like I was literally in Spain yesterday and I had a Spanish boyfriend and, you know, I, I loved my host family. I was going to school every day. Like I was having such a blast over there minus like the eating struggles. Um, and now I'm back in Chicago. Like I, I tried so hard to get away from home and now I'm, I'm back here like I'm only a couple miles from everyone I, who I hated in high school. Like I'm hooked up to a feeding tube in a hospital. Like, and uh, like doctors are sitting here going like, she's not going back to Spain. Obviously not. She's not even going to go to college, you know, and you're not going to be able to have children. Like you're not going to be able to get married, like all this stuff. So I remember just laying there and that's when like, boom, snap. It just like a flip to switch in my head. I was like, I am getting better because I need to do bigger things. Like I have so much planned for my life way beyond Spain. Like I want to go to college. I want to own my own business, whatever that may be. I had no idea. I actually thought I was going to be a fashion designer and that's what I went to undergrad for. But I was like, I have so much shit that I need to do. Like I'm not going to do it being sick in a bed hooked up to a feeding tube. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Maddie. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Maddie Miles. So the stubborn Leo and me, I told the doctors and my parents, I remember, I was like, no, I'm going back to Spain. And they all just laughed. And they're like, are you kidding me? Like, you're not going back to Spain. You're staying here. Like, you'll be lucky if you even go to college in August. And at the time, I'd already accepted to the University of Missouri. So I was, you know, supposed to be, you know, I was enrolled in everything. And they're like, you will be lucky if you go there. Like, if anything, you're doing virtual from here. And so I was like, no, 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 hear me out. What if I gain a certain amount of pounds every single week for the next four weeks? Then can I go back to Spain? And my host family, they really wanted me back too. Um, even the program was like, we're not, we don't want to be liable for a death. So we had to sign a bunch of paperwork being like, if I go back overseas, number one, I have to get weighed every single week. And my host family had to take me to La Farmacia and we got weighed and we sent over my weight to my doctors, my parents and the program to make sure I was increasing. I was allowed to maintain but it could never drop lower. So anyway, I gained a certain amount. I had to gain like 15 pounds or something like that when I was in Chicago. And then I was able to go back over to Spain and I had to keep increasing. And the more I ate and the more I was fueling my body and I was doing it for the right reasons too because I was motivated and I like realized I was sick and I realized I needed to get better and I wasn't going to get better if I was malnourished. And so I just kept eating. And I mean, I feel very fortunate that I was getting to eat like in – Spain and like all of this yeah. fresh bread and like they're delicious like everything there all of their produce is just so much better and also when I went back I totally different mindset I mean my host mom was like 
I found like one grocery store that sells tofu and like, you know, plant-based alternatives and we're like, we're going there. So we made it like a point to go there every single week and just get a bunch of stuff that like I would have instead of their meat. And I think I was still eating dairy at the time. So I was having like their yogurts and cheeses and stuff like that. So I was just fueling myself. And the more and more I was fueling myself, the happier that I was too. And I was just realizing like, okay, wow, it actually feels really nice to be nourished and to be eating properly and fueling my body. So that was an incredibly pivotal time in my life. And I had the greatest time in Spain after that. Like I had a great time before I was hospitalized, but my time after I was hospitalized was like just absolutely incredible. And I, my program ended in May and my older sister at the time was living in Madrid. And so my boyfriend at the time, we moved into her extra room in Madrid and didn't have school or work that summer and just spent our days. His family lived in Madrid. So eating their amazing food, taking long siestas. And that was when I, um, I, I mean, I was super happy, but I, you know, I was still struggling with, you know, some body image issues, of course. Like I, I say in eating disorder, you, you choose every single day to wake up and fight it. Like I could easily not eat for like the day and I would snap back into behaviors, you know, cause they're just so deep rooted within my subconscious. But I choose every single day to get up and feel myself and to like inspire other people to love themselves and to take control of their own health which yeah, I can finish the story about how like my page pivoted into that. But yeah, that was the time of my life that I realized I was sick and that I got better because I wanted to get better. All throughout high school and seventh and eighth grade, my parents, they were the ones forcing me in and out of different treatments. And so that was the only reason why I was ever getting help at the time was because my parents were like, all right, you're sick. We need to fix this problem. So we're going to send you to this person or send you to this program. But I never, I never saw the problem myself and didn't want to get better until senior year. Yeah. It's first off, thank you for sharing that story. It's super powerful one, because I think especially in today's day and time where usually it's the opposite problem for people, people are overeating and gaining too much weight. And Mm -hmm. I think eating disorders don't get enough um, attention because of how the majority is having struggling with the opposite problem. But the fact that you felt compelled to, to do that to yourself, I think is an underlying issue like in our society of we're not, especially for people like yourself who want to go ahead and want to do big things. There's no real outlet. Like that's, that's kind of like when I hear that story, I'm just like, there was no real outlet for you to really put your energy into. And just from talking with you, like I just met you the other day and just from short conversations before this podcast and where where we're at right now, like you're beyond your ears by, by so much. And that shows me that even five years ago or 10 years ago, you were year light years above anyway. And above, I say with kind of like asterisks because everybody's on their own path of life. But I think that, especially in this country, we've really unfortunately dialed back to just letting people be average and like mm-hmm. the average is okay. But for the people that want to go above yeah. and beyond and do bigger things, it is a very lonely journey and a lonely path. And when you're younger, it's even intensified because you're like, fuck, I don't, I don't even know who I am, why I'm here. Like, yeah. Like, and then I know with Aaron and me, Erin felt very lonely at college because that's where her kind of eating disorder came out mm-hmm. was when she first went to college and was just working out way too much and eating way too much of the wrong things and yeah. not fueling your body. And then going to the doctors, the same thing. It's funny because you mentioned like the constipation and stuff like that. She's had stomach issues and like they would give her all the wrong protocols when she would go to the mm-hmm. doctor. So that's kind of like where... I want to jump into a little bit yeah. is Wait, really quickly. I just want to interject and say, yeah, something. go ahead. Um, another, and I try to remember to mention this on all my podcasts. Um, a very unique thing happened to my mom actually that triggered me to start to consider recovery a little bit more. And I always go back to it even to this day. Um, so years and years later, but my mom saw a Reiki healer, uh, a Reiki healer, people pronounce it differently. Um, 
when I was really sick with an eating disorder and at the time I was not into now I flip and love all of this stuff but anyway I wasn't really into it at the time and my mom saw one when I was really sick and apparently she tapped into my mom's energy and was like do you have a sick child and there's four of us and my mom was like well yeah like one of them is very sick right now and she's like I can tell there's a lot of tension. My mom and I were at complete, like, I mean, I was I was honestly brutal to my mom during my eating disorder, which I hate to think about because she's like my best friend. I called her, that's why I was a little bit late today because I was on the phone with her and then I got stuck in traffic. Um, but my best friend now, but my eating disorder like really picked heart, like let out a lot of aggression um, on her. And anyway, so she saw this Reiki healer. The healer was like, I can tell one of your children is sick and that you guys are really at odds right now. Like she's going to do amazing things, but she needs to get better. And so my mom came back and told me that. And I remember being like, you're lying to me. You just want me to like, you know, get better. But I've held on to that ever since she told me that. And I'm just like, that healer was right, you know, and we always laugh about it now. And I even asked her last year, I was like, you can tell me now because I'm, I'm recovered, like whatever. Was that a lie? <laughs> and she was like, no, like I'm not even kidding you. She's like, I've known ever since you were a little baby and I held you in my arms, like you were destined for great things. And she's like, I just told you that at the time because I was hoping like hearing it from someone else other than your mom, you know, would also like inspire you. But she's like, no, that was true. So anyway, that's something that I, I hold on to actually to this day. And it keeps me going every single day, even the days that I wake up and I'm like, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I just want someone to like tell me what to do from nine to five and then I can clock <laughs> out like, you know, but um, yeah, it's something that I hold on to. No, you got the vibe. You can just tell us. So for people that you can't see Maddie right now, like you, you definitely have a, a very strong energy and oh, are destined for whatever you put your <laughs> mind to. And I think that is something that more people need to hear. And one of the reasons that I started this podcast is so that people can relate and really listen to your story and connect with it and be like, wow, like I feel this special something with inside me and I want to go chase it and I want to go after it because when you mix passion and purpose, like that's really the perfect mixture mm -hmm. of what we need in this world right now is people yeah. that find their purpose and then they're passionate about like building it and creating yes. it into something. Um, and basically what when you when you mix those two things you're able to overcome whatever that problem was and i think a lot of people downplay it's very easy to downplay our own problems mm -hmm. and that's where i don't know if you're a leo or you're a capricorn because like i'm a capricorn and we're very ask if you fucking were a leo. stubborn yeah no, <laughs> no capricorns are like the, the same thing very i think that's my falling yes. or my rising i don't i don't know anything about anything when it comes to signs but um i'm a capricorn my dad's a capricorn there's mm -hmm. like three capricorns in our family like it's a very like no you guys thing. all very similar too um well you said you're the black sheep i'm the black sheep because my mom i don't know what it is when you're born in june mm -hmm. but my mom like my dad is a lot more introverted and mo he fits more of the capricorn mold than i do mm -hmm. um but my mom is like like oh, she's great uh they're both great um but she's more of like the life of the party mm -hmm. so like you have one who's like the life of the party, likes to serve, likes to like be in the conversation, is a lot louder. And then you have my dad who's just like to get anything out of him is like pulling teeth. Yeah. So <laughs> I kind of got the mixture, you got the mixture. Yeah. where like I love working alone. I love like I love one on one conversation mm -hmm. like this. But I also like there's times where I'm like. I just want to go rage. And by rage, <laughs> I don't mean like get really fucked up. That used to be like me. But right. like like I just want to go to a party and like talk to 30 people yeah. and just like just feel the vibe and the energy of the mm -hmm. room. So like the problem I, I, I've i always had though is not – I used to not know myself enough where I would lean into each side too much. Like yeah. I would take everything to extreme. So mm -hmm. like I'd either hide in my room and you wouldn't see me for a couple of days or I would just go to every every party that I could and run myself ragged. And then you're burnt out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We could do a whole other episode on like signs and human design because human design is like like you take astrological signs and it's like a way deeper level when you get into people's human design. Um, we could do a whole other episode on that because I think it's super cool and something that I've gotten into a lot over like the last year. I've never – I'd love first of all, I'd love to do that. Second, with the – I used to not be a believer in any of that stuff either. Honestly, until probably I moved to like – until I moved to Austin and like started meeting 
a lot more people that had a higher vibration of energy and realizing when I can look back on my life, the certain instances of where I'm at right now and why certain things happen. Right. I'm just like, I don't think that was a coincidence. So nope. I don't know if you know our story, but our story, meaning Aaron and I, is the reason that I got out here was because of death and her father died in a spin class. Oh my God. And yeah, so he died of a heart attack. But now today, like, Again, going back to universal signs and how we were talking about Sarah, I met Sarah and her husband died in his 30s of colorectal cancer and like how that runs in my family. And it's just like little universal signs that I think that a lot of people don't listen to. So I'm going to go continue to get my blood work and my gut yeah. checked and make sure that I'm on yeah. top of things versus old me would literally like hide it. And it's it's cool to hear your story because I had the exact opposite problem. I, I eat voraciously. And when I was a kid, I ate like nonstop throughout the day, but I would never gain weight. Mm -hmm. And looking back, one is I think I was allergic to the food. Like I have celiac disease, which usually comes out later in life. Yeah. But it was very bread heavy, very like processed meat, processed bread, processed dairy. I'd have a bowl of milk and cereal every yep. day, which is literally just dairy and sugar. Sounds like the typical American diet, yeah, honestly. It's crazy, <laughs> right? And I couldn't gain weight. And we would go to the doctor and they would literally tell me, oh, he's just, he has anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, give him a probiotic. Right. Like oh. that's his issue. I'm surprised they even recommended the probiotic and they weren't just like, oh, well, here's a medication that can help with IBS, but also raises your risk of all of these cancers. Well, they gave me the medication too. <laughs> what the hell was it called? It was a, uh, a spasmatic, an anti-spasmatic oh. or something. Uh -huh. So I'm against, luckily my parents have always been against like giving me drugs and medication oh, for the okay. most part um so like again like adhd stuff like that came up and like i never took any medication for that that's um, awesome it was always about just getting me active getting me outside getting me playing sports like i was yeah. a sport four sport athlete but the reason i'm mentioning this is because i went through the ringer of doctors and specialists myself and came out on the other end where i'm literally changing my own life yeah. like none of those people helped me really at all what was your experience going through the system? I was going to say, so, um, I mean, I was super frustrated. I was also, I mean, I was sick. I was frustrated. I was a young, rebellious, you know, teenager. But I would like to actually focus more on like um, when I started seeking out help in college because, you know, I, I got to college and I just told my parents like, okay, I, this is something I still need to work on. You know, like technically I've been working on it for the last, you know, six plus years, but none of that really worked for me. It didn't stick with me, but I'm done with the conventional side of medicine. Like nothing's truly, truly helped heal my body because I was also still, I mean, eating disorders and I'm sure you know this from Aaron, like they completely fuck up your body. Like I'm still to this day dealing with things like there are certain things that I can't do. Like I can't intermittent fast because like I, my body would freak out you know, still, like, I still need to train it that, like, I will nourish you, like, it's okay, you know, there are a bunch of things, gut issues, and, I mean, that also gets into hormonal birth control, but, um, anyway, there's a lot that I'm still healing within my body, and so I, you know, I started my freshman year at the University of Missouri, and I told my parents, like, okay, I need to find a therapist, but I don't want a traditional talk therapist, I want someone who's more into kind of, like, the woo-woo stuff, and different types of modalities when it comes to therapy, they're like, cool, literally, you build your team. We totally trust you. First of all, we're just so pumped that you even want to get help. Like you build your team, let us know, and like we'll support you financially and emotionally. And so I built my team around me and I looked more into like the integrative functional doctors. So my dietitian, my psychiatrist, and my doctor, they're all on the integrative side. And so they, they could prescribe medication if need be, but that was never their initial protocol. You know, it was like, okay, you have imbalances in the, within the body and this, we're going to fix it. We're going to like test out through hair tissue mineral analysis and blood work and stool test. Like we're going to do all of like the big five functional medicine labs and we're going to do it pretty frequently. And so that's what got me into like integrative medicine. So I was healing my own body. I'm learning so much. Like I was more passionate about that than what I was learning in school. You know, like I, I felt like I was spending more time like doing my own research and going through these appointments to heal myself. Because I was eating plant-based at the time for, you know, three years by the time I got into college and I was eating what I thought was healthy and I was still eating a bunch of dairy and like stuff that like just wasn't good for me and that was packed with hormones and artificial hormones and all this stuff and so I really started to get into like the science of nutrition and it was to heal my own body 
And then, you know, I started this blog again. It wasn't with the intention of helping other people. I didn't, not because I didn't want to, I just didn't know that I could do that and that I would eventually have such a powerful voice where people actually cared about what I was talking about. I mean, my friends enjoyed listening to me, but it was like, oh my gosh, I, we wish we could eat that healthy and we're going to go like pick up, you know, Chipotle or whatever. So again, like with the Instagram, I didn't have any intention of truly turning it into like a business where like I, I'm helping people, you know, and when I came out with my story about my eating disorder, which it was kind of a similar situation like this, it was actually a company out in LA reached out to me and wanted me to write a blog for them. And I was like, maybe I should just use this as my chance to talk about my eating disorder, which up until that point, I went to college and started a whole new life for myself, new boyfriend, friends, no one knew about my eating disorder from high school. I completely kept that in the dark. When I brought up Spain, never brought up the eating disorder and how I was sent home for a month. So anyway, I came out with my story. I got this amazing positive feedback from all of my followers and all this love from everyone and from my friends and my family. And so I was like, hmm, I think I can help people through. Like now that like I've come out with my story, I think I can actually like use this Instagram platform. Like I don't want to just like make money off it anymore by like supporting brands because like they're just sending me stuff. So I started to get pickier with who I was um, partnering with and I wasn't just accepting like any free product to come my way. You know, I made sure that like their ingredients were good. The sourcing's good. I try to really work with like a lot of female owned companies as well. That's more of like within like the last year. But anyway, I started getting into all of that. And, um, you know, at the time that I started getting into female hormone health, I didn't even own Advil. Like I literally take CBD if like I have a headache. Like I don't have any pharmaceuticals in my place. You know, I, I had been taking Ambien for insomnia and I was just like, it made me feel terrible. Like I just went through this weird time where I was just like miserable. And this is like such a side note, but like I could dive deeper into this on another episode, but I had Lyme's disease sophomore year of college and my integrative doctor helped me treat it naturally. So, you know, fast forward senior year of college, I'm like, why am I taking Ambien to fall asleep at night? You know, like we got rid of Lyme's disease with herbs, you know? So, so I was like, I'm going to stop taking this. And you know, I'd rather, I remember my doctor telling me like, I'd rather have you not sleep than sleep with Ambien. So I was like, okay, I'll stop it. And then I started reading about birth control because that was the only pharmaceutical that I was taking. And I was like, whoa, like I, all of a sudden, like my eyes had just been opened. And I was just like, I've been taking this pill since I was a junior in high school. And I got put on birth control, actually, because doctors told my parents it would give me a period, which I didn't have a period. Um, I had amenorrhea because of my eating disorder. And just for all of the listeners on here, I must preach this. And I preach it every single day on my Instagram page. Birth control does not give you a period. It stops your period and it stops half of your cycle. So a lot of females still do experience bleeding on the hormonal birth control, but it's not an actual period. So, cause it stops ovulation, you know, you're not ovulating if you're on the pill. So anyway, I wasn't getting a period, but it's just crazy to think that medical professionals, you know, believed that and told my parents that. So then I was put on birth control and which birth control, it's just, it's really bad um, for females short-term and long-term reproductive health. And so anyway, I did all of this research. I read all my books. I listened to these podcasts. All of a sudden, this just became my life. This is during quarantine too. So I was like, nothing else to do. And yeah, this became my life. I, you know, started cycle syncing my foods and exercises, which are two concepts that I get into really deeply on my channels as well. And I did that for a month before stopping the pill. And my boyfriend at the time, still one of my best friends to this day, but I remember talking to him and I was just like, I'm going to get off birth control. And he was like, it's your body. You should do whatever you want. And I was like, good answer. Would have broken <laughs> up with you if you guy. said anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I stopped. Ta- I just stopped taking it. It, just, that's, it was simple as that. Um, I mean, like I said, I was cycle syncing foods and exercises, taking cer- certain supplements in attempts to replenish my body with all of the nutrients and minerals that the pill was depleting for years and years and years. And then I got off the pill and I'm on month eight now, nine of birth control free and that's when I pivoted my Instagram page again and I still do talk about eating disorders and overcoming poor body image and but it's it's more of like I I want 
people to know why they should fuel their bodies on like so many different levels outside of just like an eating disorder perspective it's like also getting into like birth control and just helping females become more in tune with their bodies and their emotions because we're just taught to be and act a certain way and like to fit inside this box and I just hear so many females complain about the same problems over and over again and I'm like well no wonder we all have the same problems because we're all put on this pill that shuts off half of who we are you know it's it's absolutely crazy and one of the things I loved how you brought that up because Aaron Aaron hasn't been my wife hasn't been on birth control I, I can't even tell you how long um the whole time that we've been together. And it's one of the things that we've looked into in the past because she had eating issues. And I'm all about, even all growing up, I don't know what it was in me. It was a stubbornness in me. Like when I had surgeries, like they gave me pain medication and like I wanted to get off it as fast as possible. Like I hated the way that anything made me feel other than myself. Um, And it's interesting how you brought up like CBD and stuff like that today. Have you tried uh, Beam Dream? Dream by Beam? No, I haven't. Yeah, so they have L- it's L-theanine, uh, a little bit of melatonin, CBD, reishi, something else. It I love that like, it adds some mushrooms in there too, because I take a CBD melatonin blend as well. It takes it tastes like chocolate milk. Ooh. Um, not like that we drink milk anymore, but <laughs> um, I know it's so funny when we. I always say like it, it tastes, tastes like blah blah, and my parents would be like. Do you even know what that tastes like, like anymore? anymore? Yeah. And no, I'm like, no. I have no, I have no clue what cho- chocolate milk tastes like. Um, I'm dairy free as well, but in terms of what it kind of tastes like, like chocolate, it tastes good. Tastes good. Tastes like chocolate. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'll I'll mix that with. They have this. Have you ever heard of uh, pilly milk? It's like pilly is a is a nut. It's p i l l i. I just found it in Whole Foods. That's crazy. Um, chocolate pilly milk. I don't like. I try all the weird <laughs> shit. So same here. I'm surprised I haven't tried this. Yeah. Yet. So it's it's in Whole Foods. Okay. Um, pilly milk. Pilly milk, and it's chocolate. So I'll have that with from having trouble sleeping, which I struggle sleeping. I just got the aura ring, and that's one of the things that I've been oh. studying a lot because I used to think. And here's another question I have for you is so you have the birth control and then you're talking about sleep. I used to think that my stomach issues were the cause of my poor sleep. Mm -hmm. But now I'm starting to think, what if my chronic inability to sleep well through the night has caused all of my other problems? So reversing the whole equation of like, oh, I used to tell myself, oh, I don't sleep well because I'm sick. But what if I'm sick because I don't sleep well? And I never tried to cure the sleeping problem. That could very well be the problem. And that's why I love and I'm studying integrative medicine now is because it's like, let's get to the root cause, you know? Let's get to the root cause. So many of us are walking around with vitamin and mineral deficiencies, leaky gut, other gut issues, food sensitivities, toxic overload just from our environment. Like let's rebalance the body. Let's get out all of those toxins. Let's rebalance the body and let's get to the root issue and let's balance it. And it's not through medication, you know? And sleep is huge. Sleep and stress are the foundations of a healthy body, you know? And so if we're not sleeping, then heck yeah. Like everything else is just going to crumble down. Just I always think of it as like a domino effect or like that one like Jenga game. Like literally if you don't sleep, like well one night just take a little Jenga piece out and then you take another night out. Like and so for people like us who why don't I actually sleep really well now? <laughs> Because I got birth control, and that was my problem. That was my like that was. You think that me. was causing a lot of? Yeah, and I actually read that through my research, and I remember like all of these things that I'd been struggling with. I was like, "Well, like birth control does it can cause most of these, you know, symptoms." So I'm just gonna shoot my shot and like get off birth control for at least for my reproductive health, and let's hope everything else falls into place. And I sleep amazing now. I sleep like nine plus hours every single night. Like, I, And I amazing. have to, the birth control thing, I just thought of something. It's like mm-hmm. you are you are harming your long-term health for like such a millisecond of time. Like yeah. I don't want to get graphic here, but like a millisecond of time. And you're also like, it's for a lot of women out there, like stop bringing males into the equation. Like that's one thing that I want to, like same with Aaron. Like it's her choice. Like I've always been yeah. pro-women's choice. And it's one of those things where like, if you're taking a pill to please another person, but like you're ruining yourself, like that's so fucked up. Like, don't do that. Like I'm, I'm here telling you, like never let a male try to basically make you feel a certain way about what you're 
putting in your body or not yeah. putting in your body for his own personal gain. So Thank I'll you. leave it in those words <laughs> yeah. because that's really fucked up and Thank there's probably you. a lot of people out there and that so, need to hear that. So many females reach out to me um, being like, I, I love your work. You're so inspirational. I really want to get off the pill, but I'm in a relationship. I'm like, but what? You know, like, well, he's nervous. And, and you know, I mean, to give some people like the benefit of the doubt, no one is taught how to actually, like how you actually get pregnant. So like if females and males were taught that like a female only ovulates one day of the month and then like the four to five days leading up to that one day, like her cervical discharge is a certain consistency that can actually keep sperm alive. So that's why we say like the ovulation phase. There are four phases within a female cycle. Um, the ovulation phase is like four days, even though you, the female really only ovulates that one day. She could only fertilize an egg and get pregnant that one day. But those four days, you know, if you have sex during those four days beforehand, the sperm can stay alive in there. So we say like it's five days of the month that you should be careful, you know. But the other days, you just literally can't get pregnant. Like you just can't. So and we're not taught that. What, and so like, we're just taught how, like we can just always get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I'm just wondering like – And by the way, I'll why? send you a bunch like, of research too that you can link up in your show notes for this because I'm a facts and science person as well. Like I always need the science behind yeah, I'm it. I'm such a nerd. Um, this. So I – And I knew most of this stuff. Yeah. And that's where it's just like – I always go to like, I'm, I'm a why. I'm a why guy. I'm mm -hmm. like, why the hell are we preaching one thing but the reality is another thing? Mm -hmm. And for most of the time, it's because of money. That's that's what yeah. I really like dialed into is like, I, I can't even, I don't even want to look up the numbers of like how much money birth control makes. Oh my gosh. Like I, I don't even want to look it up. Well, the pharmaceutical industry in general, it's like billions. But this is the thing, like in terms of birth control, like you're talking like the age range of people using that consistently on a daily basis. Like mm -hmm. what what other pills from age maybe 13, 14, 15 to maybe in your 30s and 40s are people taking every single day? I mean, vitamins pain and killers. minerals, but like painkillers yeah. maybe, but like, and I, I haven't, it's cool. This is why I love these conversations. I've never actually thought about it to that point of like, it gets so ingrained in the system because it's something that's just pushed so much right. that it becomes just normal. And a like, female comes in with it's not normal. Yeah, a female comes in with a hormonal imbalance, and they're like, "Okay, here's birth control. That's just how it is." It's actually really cool. That's I just crazy. I recorded an awesome podcast um, with one of my good girlfriends here in Austin, and I was working with her yesterday. She owns a seed cycling company because seed cycling is what is that yeah. um it's natural medicine for your hormones is like the easiest way to put it but seed cycling is just like it's the science behind specifically pumpkin flax sesame and sunflower seeds to help balance out your hormones and replenish your body with these micronutrients that the female's body is depleted from during certain times of the month because our hormones are fluctuating on a 28-day cycle whereas males you guys uh, cycle on 24 hours although i will say there's all this research to go to show that pumpkin seeds are actually really good for males too and i think it was like preventing prostate cancer um well i need that because that runs my family really well <laughs> load up with so the pumpkin if seeds if that's true like no my dad and like i mean pumpkin seeds in general are just loaded with a bunch of nutrients micronutrients that are great for the body but they especially help female bodies thrive during um the first half of their phase the follicular phase Interesting. Man, yeah. there's, there's so much I want to get into and ask you, but unfortunately, we're getting close to the time of having to wrap up. I know. That's a good thing, up. though, yeah. that there's definitely so much to, to talk about. Round two <laughs> I later know. this year. I feel like we like brought so many things up, too. Like We should just have like viewers or listeners go like, okay, do a poll of like, okay, here's like all of the topics that we talked about today. Which one do you want us to go more in depth into in the next one? Well, I'll run with that. So if anybody has any questions or anything, reach out to us if you listen to this. And then you also gave me an idea prior to this. I think I'm going to poll people. So when this comes out, I will poll people. And I would love to honestly potentially do some type of live talk or something like that because you're you, what you're bringing in is like women's health. And like I, I found that, again, there's not enough talk with both sides of the party in, in terms yeah. of things where it's just like you're teaching me things that I have no idea. And like – like I'm married. Everything I just learned today, I'm going to go home and tell her like, hey, check into this yeah. and check into that. Like what you just taught me about the pumpkin seeds. Like yeah. I, I had no idea about well, that. Well, you guys should listen to the episode that I just released yesterday about seed cycling because it's like, all the sci nerdy science behind it. And uh, it's incredible. I've, I've seen women like 
tell me like my life has changed since seed cycling and that is like one of the best feelings in the world is like those messages that I get it's like thank you for inspiring me to get off birth control and to take control of my own body and my health because at the end of the day I don't care if someone decides to stay on birth control or not I just want it to be her decision and I want it to be an informed decision for a reason intention yeah right exactly um and then those messages that are like I tried you know whatever it is that you suggested, whether it's seed cycling or like incorporating more B vitamins into my diet and they're like, I feel amazing. So yeah. And most people admit B vitamins are a whole nother topic. Mm-hmm. B vitamins, vitamin D. Uh-huh. Are, most people, every single person across the US is low yeah. in one of those. And it was something that like I took spectrocell tests earlier this year. Oh, nice. You would never think that I would be low on vitamin D because I'm outside right. all the time. Mm-hmm. I work out all the time. We live in and Austin, I bet Texas. You were. I was low in D3, mm-hmm. and it was, it was a shocker to me, to be honest. But it also was great because it made me dive down the rabbit hole of like, what else could I be low on that I would never even think of? Right. And that's where you're just inspiring people to take control of their health. And that's really, like, we all are our own best advocates, and For sure. it has to switch to that. We need, like, I'm obsessed with education of the youth because we need to be telling them, like, don't just take this thing, like, learn what this thing yeah. is. Like, that's what we're not doing. But before we end off here, I'd love to kind of take two or three minutes for you to explain kind of like, what are you up to today? Like, what yeah. what does it look like to work with you? Who are the types of people <laughs> that should reach out to you? So that way, if somebody is listening to this and they're like, I don't know, like, I'm kind of scared to reach out to Maddie. Like, am I a good fit? Blah, blah, blah. Oh my um, gosh. What What is kind of like your target market and what are the services that you're providing today? Yeah. Um, honestly, I love talking and connecting with anyone and everyone. I don't care where you're from, what gender you are, how old you are. Like, I just love connecting with people. So please no one be scared to reach out to me. I would love it if you reached out to me, even just to say like, hey, I listened to your episode with CJ and it was awesome. But yeah, I mean, pretty much most females are walking around with hormonal imbalances. So any female who wants to reach out to me, please do. I'm here to help you and talk to you. And most males know a female as well who have a hormonal imbalance. So yeah, anyone reach out to me. What I'm up to, gosh, a lot. (laughs) And my days are like very different, um, but very fun. I mean, my podcast, I'm really trying to focus a lot of time and energy on that. Um, I'm in integrative med school right now, actually. So that does take up a lot of my time. And yeah, and the goal with that is to, I do want to take on people one-on-one, I think. I'm not really sure if I will create like a virtual or in-person like wellness clinic down the line. Um, That's really not why I went into school. I went into school because I was like, whoa, I just want to, I want to heal myself and I want to help other, other people heal themselves. And I think, you know, through podcast and YouTube and Instagram, I can reach the mass. Whereas one-on-one, you know, you don't reach as many people if that's like what my focus is, is like doing one-on-one consultations. So we'll see down the line what I decide to do with my license. Um, but I for sure, I mean, people just need to tune into like podcast, Instagram, all that stuff because I do have some exciting products coming out as well. Some hormone balancing post pill products that are coming out that I've been working on with some NDs for the last seven months. So I'm really stoked for those to come out. And yeah, just keep following me on my channels because that's where like, I don't know, I show my entire life. <laughs> that's awesome. And where's, so your Instagram, what's, what's your handle? It's the Maddie Miles show? now. Super simple. It's just me. So <laughs> the Maddie Miles. Please, she's giving you the opportunity to reach out to her. You've been amazing. Thank you so <laughs> Thank much you for, for sharing everything me. you did. The last question I'm asking everybody in 2021 mm-hmm. is what to you, what does it mean to thrive? Oh, I wish you would have asked me this before so I could have thought about it. <laughs> um, no, I'm putting people on the spot. So take <laughs> take 20 seconds is fine. You can take your time. Well, it for, doesn't have to be well thought out. It's yeah. just when you when you think of the word thrive and what is that gut? I mean, I feel like I'm thriving now. So I'll just kind of explain like what's going on in my life to make me feel that way. I mean, I have all these amazing people in my life and making these amazing connections on a daily basis. So I think when you're connecting with incredible human beings, you're thriving. Um, I'm doing something that I'm incredibly passionate about, both in the school sense and in my career. So doing something that you're passionate about, that's thriving as well. I feel the healthiest I've ever felt in my life, physically, emotionally, mentally. So that's thriving. I'm on the Thrive podcast. Like that is thriving. (laughs) I think it's just being happy. It's like wanting to wake up in the morning. You know, that's thriving. And 
not every day is going to be perfect by any means. And, you know, some days, um, I still think a day's perfect if something bad happens during the day. It's just like you got to reframe your mind and be super grateful that you get to wake up and live another day and know that you're in full control of what you do with your life. So I think that's really cool. And I'm choosing to do great things and thrive. <laughs> I, I love that. And I think it comes down to choice. Like the way that you, you just said all that was, was awesome. And thank you so much for answering that for me. But I think the biggest thing that you said right there is you have the ability to control even when it is bad. So I'm a big believer in like thriving is just choosing that. Like even in the, in the bad moments, it's, you can do more and yeah. you can be more and you can show up a better human being. So I love how you said that. But at the end of every episode, I kind of run through like, what was the biggest thing that you said that impacted me the most? And I think it was something along the lines of when you had your eating disorder, you were talking about wanting to be heard. And one of the things that I think is going on in today's world, especially like with COVID going on, a lot of people are isolated is a lot of people want to be heard and they feel alone. And one of the reasons that I continue to show up every day and love what I do is to give people a platform like Maddie so that they can be heard. So if you're out there and you want to be heard and you want to join communities of badass people that are helping people make this world a better place, please reach out to us yes. um, no matter who you are. The only way that you can get better is if you decide I want to get better, just like Maddie said with herself. And you have to make that first choice of reaching out and connecting with another human being. But there are people out there like Maddie who are willing to put their time, energy, money, life out there to help you and help other people around you. So this is Heck CJ yeah. Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love y'all. Thrive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.